Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Stephen Jarvis and Friends podcast. Today, we are talking about the history of the Oakland Raiders or Las Vegas Raiders or Los Angeles Raiders, whatever Raiders you want to call them. But today, we are talking about the history of the franchise. Um, today, episode one of the of the podcast or series, I should say, um, we are going through the early years all the way from 1960 to 1970. So let's hop in. Well, you know, the Oakland Raiders weren't actually an original franchise. Um, A few months after the inaugural American Football League draft in 1959, the owners of the yet-unnamed Minneapolis franchise accepted an offer to join the established NFL Football League or National Football League, as an expansion team now called the Minnesota Vikings in 1961, sending the AFL scrambling for a replacement. At the time, Oakland seemed an unlikely venue for a professional football team. The city had not asked for a team, and there was no ownership group. Plus, there was no stadium in Oakland suitable for pro football. The closest stadiums were in Berkeley and San Francisco. And there was already a successful NFL franchise in the Bay Area in the San Francisco 49ers. However, the AFL owners selected Oakland after Los Angeles Chargers owner Baron Hilton threatened to forfeit his franchise unless a second team was placed on the West Coast. Accordingly, the city of Oakland was awarded the 8th AFL franchise on January 30th, 1960, and the team inherited the Minneapolis's or Minneapolis clubs draft picks upon receiving the franchise a lo- meeting of local civic leaders and businessmen were called chaired by former United States Senator William Fief Noland editor of the Oakland Tribune Edward Edgar Kaiser of Kaiser Steel developer Robert T Nas and Oakland City Councilman Robert Osborne. Also attending the meeting were Oakland Mayor Clifford E. Rochelle, City Councilman Frank Yole, Felix Cheval, Glenn Hoover, Fred Maglor, John Hulhan, Dan Marovich, and Howard Rhea. Almeda County Board of Supervisors President Kent Purcell and County Supervisors Amal Ratzel, I I think is how you spell it, pronounce it, and Leland Sweeney with Francis Dunn. The gathering found a number of businessmen willing to invest in the new team. A limited partnership was formed to own the team, headed by managing general partner Y. Charles Chet Soda, a local real estate developer and included general partners Ed McGaw, Oakland City Councilman Robert Osborne, F. Wayne Valley, restaurateur Harvey Binns, 1928 Olympic gold medalist Donald Blessing, and contractor Charles Harney, the builder of San Francisco's Candlestick Park. Built on a bleak parcel of land he owned, the road leading to the stadium is known as Harney Way. A name the team contest was held by the Oakland Tribune, and the winner was announced 
on April 4, 1960 as the Oakland Seniors or seniors after a few days of being the butt of local jokes and accusations that the contest was fixed as soda was fairly well known within the oakland business committee for calling his acquaintances senior the fledging team and its owners changed the team's name nine days later to the oakland raiders which had finished third in the naming contest the original colors were black gold and white the now familiar team emblem of a pirate or raider wearing a football helmet was created reportedly by a rendition of actor Randolph Scott. O- Oakland Raiders games were broadcast locally on KNBC. Uh, the station later became KNBR with Bud Wilson Knee Foster handling play-by-play and Mel Vetner providing color an- analysis. Foster, the voice of the gold, California Golden Bears, had a long career in radio, 1945 to 1955, as the voice of the Oakland Oaks of the defunct Pacific Coast League. Foster was the first voice of the San Francisco Niners, 49ers after the 1962 season. Foster would only call Cal football until his retirement. Raider games were heard on KDIA with Bob Bloom and Dan Galvin. In 1966, KGO Radio signed a contract with the Oakland Raiders. Bill King was hired for the play-by-play, and Scott Scotty Sterling was color commentator. Well, here we are, folks. 1960, the debut of the Oakland Raiders. When the University of California refused to let the Raiders play home games at Memorial Stadium in Berkeley, they chose Kizar Stadium in San Francisco as their home field. The team's first regular season home game was played on September 11, 1960, a 37-22 loss to the Houston Oilers. The Raiders were allowed to move to Candlestick Park for the final three game home games in the 1960 season after gaining the approval of San Francisco's Recreation and Park Commission, marking the first time that professional football would be played at the new stadium. The change of venue, however, failed to attract larger crowds for the Raiders during their time at Candlestick Park. With announced attendance of 12,061, versus the Chargers in a 41 to 17 loss on December 4th um and then on December 11th in a loss a 31 to 28 loss to the New York Titans a record or a crowd of 9307 or 9037 and 7000 estimated versus the Broncos in a 48-10 victory to close out the season on December 17th at Candlestick. The Raiders finished their first campaign with a 6-8 record and lost 500000 Desperately in need of money to continue running the team, Valley received a $4,000 loan from Bills Buffalo Bills founder Ralph C. Wilson Jr., 61 to 62. After the conclusion of the first season, Soda dropped out of the partnership, and on January 17, 1961, Valley, Maga, and Osborne bought out the remaining four general partners. Soon after, Valley and Maga purchased Osborne's interest with Valley named as the managing general partner after splitting the previous home season with Kizar and Candlestick. 
the Raiders moved exclusively to Candlestick Park in 1961, where total attendance for the season was about 50,000 and finished 2-12. and 12. Valley threatened to move the Raiders out of the area unless a stadium was built in Oakland, but in 1962, the Raiders moved into 18,000-seat Frank Field, later expanded to 22,000 seats. Their first game in Oakland. It was a temporary home for the team while the Oakland Almeida County Coliseum was under construction. Under Marty Feldman and Red Concrete, the team's second and third head coaches since entering the AFL, the Raiders finished 1-13 in 1962, losing their first 13 game, games and marking making for a 19-game losing streak from 61-62. to 62. Before losing the, before winning the season finale, and attendance remained low. Nineteen sixty three through nineteen sixty six. After the nineteen sixty two season, Wayne Valley hired Al Davis, a former assistant coach of the San Diego Chargers, as head coach and general manager. At thirty three, he was the youngest person in over thirty years to hold the position of head coach, and the youngest person ever to hold the position of general manager. In professional football. Now, Al Davis is going to be someone that we become very familiar with in the later, in like 66 through his death later in, I think, 2011 or somewhere around there. Uh, Al Davis would later become the owner of the Oakland Raiders. And he'd move them from Oakland to Los Angeles, back to Oakland. So he was very combative. But the one thing you find out about Al Davis was, yeah, he did some stupid things with players like Ken Stabler, uh, Marcus Allen. But he also gave older players a chance. He gave people a chance that wore out their welcome in other places. Jim Plunkett. Um, and a host of others. Uh, some worked out, some didn't. But we'll learn more about that later. Let's get back into it. Uh, so Davis is hired in 1962 by Wayne Valley, um, 33 years old. He was a former assistant coach of the San Diego Chargers. So now he's, Al Davis is pretty much, a head coach and general manager in 1962. Uh, Davis goes about immediately changing the team colors to silver and black and began to implement what he termed the vertical game, an aggressive offensive strategy based on the West Coast offense developed by Chargers head coach Sid Gilman. Under Davis, the Raiders improved to 10-4, and and he was named the AFL's Coach of the Year in 1963. Though the team slipped to 5-7-2, in 1964, it rebounded to an 8-5-1 and record in 1965. He also in- initiated the use of team slogans such as pride and poise, commitment to excellence, and just win, baby, all of which are registered trademarks. In 1966, Al Davis left the Raiders after being named AFL commissioner. Two months later, though, the league announced them its merger with the NFL. With the merger, the position of commissioner was lo- no longer needed, and Davis entered into discussions with Valley about returning to the Raiders. On January 25th, 1966, 
Davis returned as part owner of the team. He purchased a 10% interest in the team for 18000 and became the team's third general partner, the partner in charge of football operations. 67 to 69. On the field, the team Davis had assembled and coached steadily improved. With John Rausch, Davis's handpicked successor as head coach, the Raiders won the 1967 AFL championship, defeating the Houston Oilers 40 to 7. The team earned the te- the win earned the team a trip to Super Bowl 2 where they were beaten 33 to 14 by Vince Lombardi's Green Bay Packers. The following two years, the Raiders again won Western Division titles, only to lose the AFL championship to the eventual Super Bowl winners. In 1968, they lost to the New York Jets, and in 1969, they lost to the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, and one more thing of note, uh, John Madden in 1969 is uh, hired to become the team's sixth head coach, and under him, the Raiders became one of the most successful franchises in the NFL, winning six division titles during the 1970s. It was during the peri- this period that the o- Raiders forged an image as a team of tough, take-no-prisoners players, such as Hall of Fame offensive lineman Jim Otto, Gene Upshaw, and Art Shell, linebacker Ted the Stork Hendricks, defensive end Ben Davidson, and cornerback Willie Brown who would occasionally cross the line into dirty play. Those teams also featured an additional foursome of future Hall of Fame players and tight end Dave Casper, kicker George Blanda, and wide receivers Fred Bolitnikoff, as well as fiery quarterback Ken Snake Stabler. So guys, that is the first years, or first decade I should say, of the Oakland Raiders from 1960 to 1969. The beginning wasn't so good for the Raiders, but the end of the decade, you know, once they hired Al Davis, you know, he kind of righted the ship. He leaves in 1966 to become the AFL commissioner. Two months later after that, they have the merger with the NFL. So he goes back to the Raiders. And then he goes about managing the team again. And, uh, I mean, 1960, was that, 1967, they go to Super Bowl II. Um, so it's, it's an interesting ride for the Raiders. Um, next time we talk about this, we will go with, um, or we'll be talking about uh, the 70s. The Euro, the decade of dominance, I would say, for the Raiders. Um, they would only win one Super Bowl in the 70s, but that's not what makes that team really, in my eyes, kind of like a dynasty. Because, I mean, every year, or almost every year, they're in the playoffs. And, I mean, they're in the big game to try and get to a Super Bowl. They just run into some great teams. And um, we will learn all about that next week. So uh, I hope you guys enjoyed. Also, thank you for the support. We're almost to 100 downloads. We're two away from that. Um, And I just, you know, I could never 
in my wildest dreams believe that at any point I would have this successful uh, um, podcast, you know? I I honestly thought that I this wasn't going to be a success leaving Anchor, where we had a big following, and going to Buzzsprout, um, where we got another big following. I can't thank you all enough for supporting me, but hopefully I'll continue to get better. One day I'm hoping to have my own recording studio so then I can, you know, bring you even better stuff. But for right now, hopefully y'all love it. Hopefully y'all continue to enjoy it. And just know, I'm not going anywhere. Alright, this is Stephen Jarvis from Stephen Jarvis and Friends Podcast. And I will talk to you next week. Thank you, and goodbye.